Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi, and welcome back. This will be for 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The Holy Ghost reveals Jesus is the Christ. Spiritual gifts are present among the saints, apostles, prophets, and miracles found in the true church. Good analysts have called 1 Corinthians chapter 12 the constitution of the church, for nothing in the New Testament better describes God's plan for church structure and operation. Two-thirds of the chapter develops the comparison of the parts of the body, the institution all members were baptized into, and lists the officers that God has placed in the church. In Paul's illustration, the organization of the church would be lifeless without the inspiration of God's Spirit. Thus, 1 Corinthians 12 begins by surveying the power of the Holy Ghost within the church. And that was by Richard Anderson. Verse 1. Now concerning spiritual things, brethren, I would not have you ignorant, there were contentions and competition over those over whose gifts were more beautiful or useful or necessary. Verse 2, ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away or led astray unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Joseph Smith said that the latter part of verse 3 should read, no man can know that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Verse 4, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit are signs and miracles reserved for the faithful and for none else. Their purpose is to enlighten, encourage, and edify the faithful so that they will inherit peace in this life and be guided toward eternal life in the world to come. Their presence is proof of the divinity of the Lord's work. Where they are not found, there the church and kingdom of God is not. That was from, uh, from the writings of Paul and of Moroni. And from the revelations received by Joseph Smith, we gain a clear knowledge of spiritual gifts and how they operate. That's why Bruce R. McConkie. In Moroni chapter 10, verse 8, it also lists, lists gifts of the Spirit. And then also in section 46, verses 11 to 26, lists, lists also gifts of the Spirit. And then Marvin J. Ashton, in a talk that he gave in General Conference, lists other gifts of the Spirit. It's not as obvious. And we'll cover that in a different, uh, different episode. Verse 5, and there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For no one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, or I'm sorry, to one, for to one is given, not to no one. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Joseph Smith said, he said the reason of these remarks being made was that some little foolish things were circulating in the society against some sisters not doing right in laying hands on the sick. said that if the people had common sympathies, they would rejoice that the sick could be healed. No matter who believeth, these signs such as healing the sick, casting out devils, and so on, should follow all that believe, whether male or female. He asked the society if they could not see by this sweeping promise that wherein they were ordained, if it is the privilege of those set apart to administer in that authority, which is conferred on them, and if the sisters should have faith to heal the sick, that all hold their tongues and let everything roll on. Respecting females administering for the healing of the sick, he further remarked, 
there could be no evil in it if God gave his sanction by healing that, the, that there could be no more sin in any female laying hands on and praying for the sick than in wetting the face with water. There's no sin for anybody to administer that has faith or if the sick have faith to be healed by their administration. Elder Russell M. Uh, M. Russell Ballard said, why, why are men and not women ordained to priesthood offices? The Lord has not revealed why he has organized his church as he has. He also warned not to pass along faith-promoting or unsubstantiated rumors or outdated understandings and explanations of our doctrine and practices from the past. It is always wise to make it a practice to study the words of the living prophets and apostles, keep updated on current church issues, policies, and statements through mormonnewsroom.org and lds.org and consult the works of recognized, thoughtful, and faithful Latter-day Saint scholars to ensure that you do not teach things that are untrue, out of date, or odd and quirky. I like that. With regard to uh, women giving blessings, as we've discussed here, um, Elder Oaks in the April 2020 conference said, while she is not authorized to give the priesthood blessings that can be given only by a person holding a certain office in the priesthood, she can perform all of the other functions of family leadership. In doing so, she exercises the power of the priesthood for the benefit of the children over whom she presides in her position of leadership in the family. Verse 10, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. The gift of discerning spirits will be given to the presiding elder. Pray for him that he may have this gift. That was by Joseph Smith. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. And truly converted person, any truly converted person, has as one gift a witness from the spirit that the work is true. Every person who has a testimony enjoys to one degree or another the companionship of the Spirit, and none can receive the Spirit without partaking of the gifts of the Spirit. For the fact of receiving revelation that the work is true it is itself one of the gifts. I mentioned about Elder Ashton uh, listing some gifts, and here are the gifts that he mentions. This was in a conference talk once. He said, some less conspicuous gifts include the gift of asking, the gift of listening, the gift of hearing, and using a still small voice, the gift of avoiding contention, the gift of being agreeable, the gift of seeking that which is righteous, the gift of not passing judgment, the gift of looking to God for guidance, the gift of being a disciple, the gift of caring for others, the gift of being able to ponder, the gift of offering prayer, the gift of bearing a mighty testimony, and the gift of receiving the Holy Ghost. I like all those. Those are something that we don't don't, don't wouldn't normally think about, but it's, uh, those are gifts nonetheless. Verse 12, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Paul uses the metaphor of the body to show how all the gifts of the Spirit are necessary for the good of all the church. For by one Spirit are we, are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made and have all been made to drink into one spirit for the body is not one member but many if the foot shall say because i am not the head i am not of the body is it therefore not of the body and if the ear shall say because i am not the eye i am not the body is it is it therefore not of the body if the whole body were an eye where were the hearing if the whole were hearing where were the where were the smelling but now hath god set the members every one of them in the body as it hath pleased him and if there and if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body? 
And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again to the head, to the, to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Jeffrey R. Holland said, It is an immensely satisfying thing to be needed in the body of Christ. Whether I function as an eye or arm is irrelevant. The fact is I am needed in the most majestic organism, and the body is imperfect without me. A popular singer made a small fortune reminding us that people who need people are the luckiest people in the world. In the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the restored ecclesiastical body of Christ, people do need people, and everyone is welcomed. This includes... In Paul's assertion, not only the attractive, talented, comely members, but those of who, but those of us who seem to have fewer gifts and face greater challenges, those who receive less honor and attention. In the Church of Jesus Christ, more abundant honor is given to these. Every member matters, and the less favored members most of all. Verse 23, And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. This church does not belong to its president. Its head is the Lord Jesus Christ, whose name each of us take upon ourselves. We are all in this great endeavor together. We are here to assist our Father in his work and his glory, to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. Your obligation is as serious in your sphere of responsibility as is my obligation in my sphere. No calling in this church is small or of little consequence. All of us, in the pursuit of our duty, touch the lives of others. To each of us, in our respective responsibilities, the Lord hath said, Wherefore, be faithful, stand in the office which I have appointed unto you, succor the weak, lift up the hands which hang down, and strengthen the feeble knees. That was by Gordon B. Hinckley. Verse 24, For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Where, where are these things, where all these things are, there is found the power of God into salvation. Where these things are not, whatever parades in the name of religion has no saving power. That was by Grisham McConkie. Verse 29, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? I say unto you, nay, for I have shown unto you a more excellent way. Therefore, covet earnestly the best gifts. Rishon McConkie said, We are commanded to seek the gifts of the Spirit. If we do not do so, we are not walking in that course which is pleasing to him, whose gifts they are. Why? For what purpose and to whom are the gifts given? Verily I say unto you, they are given for the benefit of those who love me and keep all my commandments, and him that seeketh so to do, that all may be benefited that seek or that ask of me, that ask and not for a sign, that they may consume it upon their lusts. It is inherent in the whole plan of righteousness that these or that those who seek the gifts of the Spirit do so for their own salvation, for the, for the glory of God, and not for lustful and selfish and, and worldly reasons. And again, verily I say unto you, I would that ye should always remember that and always retain in your minds what those gifts are that are given unto the church. Truly, all of the Lord's saints should seek him, should seek the Spirit, should seek his gifts. Where these gifts are, there is the true and saving gospel, and where they are not, there is no hope of salvation. Again, that was by Bruce Armacon.
Anyway, that's the end of the chapter, and we will see you next time. Bye.